for joining us if it's your first time. This is the Mind Wealth Podcast, and my name is Chelsea. So get ready to sit back, relax, and unwind while we chat about all kinds of things. Hey everyone, and welcome to April. Did you know that it's Stress Awareness Month? So this month we'll be covering topics that are related to stress. Today we are specifically going to talk about the interaction between stress and nutrition, and how you can help both. Specifically, we're going to be talking about the science behind stress eating, and how to cope in a healthier and more effective ways. We know that stress is one of the causes for stress eating, but let's dive deeper into why that is. When our bodies feel stressed, they release a hormone called cortisol. We've talked about cortisol before in other various avenues, but specifically when related to food consumption, long periods of increased cortisol being released in the body increase appetite or food consumption. And cortisol particularly makes you crave salty, sugary, or fatty foods because your brain believes that it needs the fuel to fight whatever battle it is waging. We are now finding that in conjunction with cortisol being released and the consumption of our favorite comfort foods, a peptide hormone called ghrelin is being released in our gastrointestinal system. This hormone increases your body's need for food and when triggered by stress, attempts to level off or control the amount of fuel that you are using in case the emergency situation your body feels like it's under goes longer than expected. So not only does it keep you eating these unhealthy foods, if they're available, it starts putting them directly into storage for later use. Then, to add an additional layer onto this stress cake, those who are already predisposed to having high levels of insulin in their systems are more inclined to stress eat. What does this mean for you? If you're over the age of 45, if you carry weight around your middle, if you're related to someone with diabetes, if your work is sedentary, if you have increased blood pressure or abnormal cholesterol, these are all things that could put you at risk for having higher insulin in your system. Now, stress is particularly important for you diabetics out there because it tends to cause insulin resistance, and here's why. Your body is constantly trying to maintain your blood glucose levels, making energy supplies readily available for use, but in a consistent way. Stress causes your body to dump glucose into your bloodstream, giving your body the fuel it needs to deal with your fight-or-flight type of situations. Your pancreas starts to create insulin to help your muscles uptake the fuel in those generally high physical situations. But since we aren't fighting for our lives, in most cases, the extra sugar just sits in our system. Then you add in your cortisol activation and how it basically says to you, eat the cookie, chips, or stick of butter, whatever. So you've got extra sugar in your system already, and then your body is telling you to eat more food that isn't nutritionally dense, but calorically dense, to continue to help you fuel yourself, but you're not in a situation where you're burning off that fuel. And now you're not sleeping because you're stressed about what you ate, and how you're feeling, which causes ghrelin to be released, which we talked about earlier, and ghrelin causes us to subconsciously want to eat even more. So it's a pretty darn vicious cycle. You could see why it could get out of hand pretty quickly. But how do we break these cycles? First off, we have to start noticing that they are cycles. What put us into these cycles? And where is the stress coming from? Do we have the ability to regulate that stress? If there are things we can do to reduce the source of our stressors, this is where you should always start. Sometimes that means looking for work at a different company restructuring things that just aren't making sense in your life anymore, or changing your spending habits so you're not always strapped for cash. Take a look at the different areas in your life that are bringing you this stress. Write down a few ideas on how you could reduce the stress produced by changing something that you're currently doing right now. 
and then try implementing a few of those changes and see how it makes you feel overall. Next, you should be actively looking to reduce stress in your life by sourcing coping mechanisms for stress, such as talking with your friends to work out better solutions to your issues, or taking walks in the evening, going to the gym and burning off some of those pent-up feelings, or bonding with one of your fur babies. There's lots of different ways that you could be reducing stress through positive, healthy activity. Finally, but I believe most importantly, is nutrition. While you're hitting those high-stress times, actively preparing and having similar but better options available to you will be a huge part of your success in stopping your stress eating. For me, I was a fast-food-loving girly. If I could get away with it, I would eat that stuff three times a day. I always knew how close the nearest fast-food restaurant was and what my favorite thing on their menu were. It was not a great way to live. I found my mind consumed with what my next meal might be or where I was going to get it from, and if it came with a soda, even better drank that stuff by the leader. Since then, I have done a lot of work on myself and spent a lot of time with people who are much better at eating healthy than I am, and learning new ways to do things. So like I was saying before, having better alternatives to that really bad food that you want already in your house to cover you for those times is a huge help. I personally keep yogurt of different varieties with add-ons like dark chocolate pieces or dried fruit instead of having ice cream in the refrigerator. I keep a bunch of different kinds of frozen fruit that you can turn into smoothies or sorbet. Instead of having a plethora of chips, keeping popcorn and pretzels. And when you're eating those less nutritionally dense foods, add in things like nut butter or hummus to help you feel full, faster, and longer. I know that these things are always easier to say than to implement, but if you're struggling, just try one thing at a time. Taking one small step forward is better than taking none. Know that every attempt will not always work out, and that's okay. And what works for one person will most definitely not work for everybody. You're going to have to take a few shots at finding the grooves that work best for you. And know that we're all just a work in progress. I know I spend most days trying to be a better version of me than I was the day before. And I believe that's all we can ask of ourselves. And as always, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I've enjoyed our time together. If you want to meet me again for another chat, you can keep your eyes peeled every Wednesday for a new episode. Feel free to follow me at MindWealth on Instagram if you want to get to know me a little bit in the meantime. I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. Bye.